as a leadership, last uh, Saturday we had a, a day that we spent with a guy called Pete Gilbert. And one of the things that he said um, during our, our discussions really struck with me. He said, you learn more about yourself by your reactions than your actions. So in the context of what do you do when things go wrong, I thought, that's really true. We learn more about ourselves by the way we react to that than by the positive actions that we might take. So if, like that little kid, we throw a tantrum when we don't get our own way, if perhaps, like Jonah, we get so angry that everything's a massive disaster and we just want to end it all, if we go off to sulk under a vine and then we get annoyed when... uh, Um, something spoils that. We learn more about ourselves by our reactions than our actions. And for me, the reason that I think that we get things out of context and proportion sometimes is because we look at things through our own narrow vision. We see things from our perspective, not God's perspective. I've got a few pictures here, and I wonder if you can tell me what they might be. They're all close-ups of uh, of common everyday objects. Uh, You may well do. (laughs) Hall children may not answer. Ethan had his hand up there. Go on then, Ethan. No, it's not a carpet. Anybody got an idea? Yes, go on then. No. No. So you might make use of some of these later on after the church service. No. It's actually a tea bag. Close up. You see, you'd never guess that just looking at that, would you? Right, what's this one? No, it's not a carpet. It's a real tricky one. That's really close up it is. No. It's actually the pages of a book. Really close up. That's what paper looks like, really close up. Anybody know what that is? A mouldy sausage roll, no? No, it's not a hair. No. So I'll give you a clue. Fruit. It's an apple stalk, yes. A piece of spaghetti, well done, Michael Ward. And for the ladies? It's a, oh, well done, thank you, lady. It's a lipstick. <laughs> you see, sometimes... If we look at things just through a very narrow perspective, we can't see, actually, what's really going on, can we? And one of my favorite verses in the Bible is from Romans chapter 8, and it says, all things work together for good for those that love God. Wow. Not some things work together for good, but all things work together for good. So that means... Earthquakes in Nepal. It means terrorist attacks. It means when your exams go wrong. It means when you lose a loved one. 
all things work together for good. That's an incredible promise, isn't it? And you know, part of why we can't work out why it does work for good is because we see things so narrowly. Little story. I was, uh, a week and a bit ago, had to go to a meeting in Paris. And for various reasons, the, uh, there were no flights from Manchester or Liverpool, so I had to get a train from Warrington to Euston, and then I had to get across to St. Pancras, and then I had to get on a train and, and get over to the Eurostar. Now, as it happens, for some reason, my uh, uh, company booking system did not book the Eurostar from St. Pancras to Paris. They did it from Ebbfleet to Paris. So I then had to get a train from St. Pancras to Ebbfleet. And it was all beautifully orchestrated, the timing of this. I would get on the 5 to 6 train from Warrington, and I would be down in Houston by 8 o'clock, and then a quick sprint over to St. Pancras, get on an Ebbfleet train, and then uh, pick up the Eurostar. But everything had to work like clockwork. First part, brilliant. I got into Euston just on 8 o'clock. Sprinted over to St. Pancras. Ran up to the uh, platform where the train to Ebbfleet was going. And it was just pulling out. I didn't sprint fast enough, clearly. Now, what was I going to do? More of that later. The second characters that I just want to briefly mention other characters from the Old Testament. Anybody got a guess who these are? Three guys there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Correct. Now, these were three Jews who'd been taken into uh, captivity in Babylon. They'd been dragged out there um, by King Nebuchadnezzar And they were going to be taught in the ways of of Babylon. They were going to serve the Babylonian Empire. But here were three guys that passionately worshipped Almighty God. And when King Nebuchadnezzar built this huge gold statue and made a decree that everybody in the nation had to bow down and worship this statue every time certain musical instruments um, uh, kind of fired up, They refused. And there were certain astrologers who, probably because of uh, previous encounters with Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, were a bit miffed with them. They dobbed them in to the king. They snitched on them and said, King, king, there's these three. Some of the Jews are not bowing down. Now, if you have a look in Daniel, there's some interesting phraseology the astrologers say some of the Jews are not bowing down and obeying your commands, which implies that some of them were. (laughs) How easy it is, isn't it, when, you know, we think that we're in danger or, or things aren't going our way to get sucked in to what everybody else is doing. But these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, stood up and said, no, we will not bow down. So they got dragged in front of the king, who was absolutely furious because he did not get his own way. And he challenged them, and they said, "Uh -uh, no, I don't care what you say, king. (laughs) We're not going to bow down because we worship Almighty God. 
And that made the king even more furious. So he instructed his uh, guards to fire up the furnace, seven times hotter than previous, and to bind them up, tie them up, and throw them into the furnace. In fact, the furnace was so hot that the soldiers that threw them in got burnt alive. And then a fantastic thing happened. Because before they went in, they said to the king, and I'll uh, read it so I get it absolutely right. Yeah, here we go. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. Uh, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you've set up. So here these three guys said, we are confident that God can save us, but you know what? Even if he doesn't, we still recognize that that's part of God's plan and we will not bow down. I wonder how often when we don't get our own way when things go wrong, we say, do you know what? That's your way, God. (laughs) We don't care if we haven't got our way. Your way is more important. And this wonderful thing happened that although the soldiers that threw them in were burnt alive, the king looked into the furnace and he saw four people there walking around. Any clues as to who the fourth one was? Jesus. So some people say it might have been an angel, but the the wording in the original text would suggest that it was a pre-incarnate representation of Jesus himself who was there with them in the furnace. And King Nebuchadnezzar called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out, and even though they'd been thrown in with fully bound up, they came out, not a hair on their heads harmed, but all their ropes and bindings completely burned away. They were completely free. And as a result, Nebuchadnezzar fell down to worship Almighty God. And to me, this is such a wonderful picture of the meaning behind that Romans 8 passage. That if we trust that all things work together for good, then Jesus will never leave us. Even in the fire, even in the earthquake, even in heartbreak of loss, Jesus is there with us. He'll never, ever leave us. And if we can but see things through God's eyes, not our own limited perspective, then actually we can start to see the beginning from the end. I'll go back to my story about the train. Here I was, I could see my train disappearing into the distance. It was all going to go to pieces. I was never going to get to my important meeting in Paris. How was it going to be? What could I possibly do? I could have um, thrown a tantrum on the platform. (laughs) I could have said, right, forget it. I'm just going back home now. It's all over. But I didn't. I prayed to God. I said, look, God, please, you've got to help me through this. I don't know how (laughs) this is going to work out because uh, there is no other train going to Ebbfleet. 
So I went back to um, the, the main uh, place in the Eurostar terminal. And I said, look, I have this ticket from Ebfleet. I can't get there. And the lady said, oh, don't worry. I'll let you on this train. And then you just go all the way through, straight through to Paris. And in fact, the train was a bit late. So I had not only time to get on it, but I had time to get a drink and relax and do a bit of work before I got on. You see, I could have panicked, but the bigger picture was, it's okay. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that it was God's plan, absolutely, but it's just a, a picture of how we can't see how things could possibly work out, but actually looking back in hindsight, God has a, a perfect plan, doesn't he? So I don't know about Nepal. I don't know what good can come of it. This is a country that does not honor God for the most part. This is a country that is wrapped up in idol worship. And who knows? Maybe this is a, a mechanism for God breaking through. Who knows that people may be saved as a result of the witness of Peter and Dawa and others? We've just got to trust God, haven't we? We know that this world will not be easy going. You know, do you know what we have? It's so easy in this country, don't we? <laughs> so easy. But we're never promised that we'll always get that strawberry cream. <laughs> Sometimes the box of chocolates will be empty. Sometimes we might even get one that we're allergic to and uh, it does us damage. But if we trust in God that all things work together for good because he sees the beginning from the end, then just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God will never leave us. We're going to finish now as we uh, sing a final song, One Way, Jesus. But just as the, uh, the group are getting ready, let's, uh, let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the creator of all things. You see the beginning from the end. I thank you that your ways are not our ways. I thank you, Lord, that if you went the way we want things to work out, then often it would be disaster. Lord, I thank you that you have a far better plan. Lord, I pray for us as individuals and for us as a church that we would earnestly seek what that plan is, that we would walk according to your ways and your plans and your purposes. Lord, help us not to be uh, stroppy children when we don't get our own way. Help us not to get angry when things don't seem to work out. Help us to seek your will, your ways, that your name would be glorified. Amen.